G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. He says, You shall not wear material mixed with wool and linen together. And the Jewish Bible puts it this way You are not to wear clothing woven with two kinds of thread, wool and linen together. But if you're a priest, it's different. And if you've got tassels, it's different. It all comes down to the purpose. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We've talked on previous programs about some of the strange laws and rules that God gave to his people. Many of them we think are strange at best or ridiculous at worst, (laughs) but they all had very important significance. They meant something. And in the culture and context of the ancient world, they were practical and visual reminders of what God was trying to teach them. We're going to explore another one of those today, Mandy, with, uh, I guess, understanding why the Jews weren't allowed to mix wool and linen. Yeah, we kind of covered this really, we just kind of touched on it when we were talking about the tassels, the seat seat mm-hmm. on their clothing and how there was the prohibition about um, that God gave his people not to mix wool with linen. But when it came to the tassels, that was and okay. it was absolutely <laughs> necessary and the same with the priestly clothes. They mm. had to be mixed linen and wool. Interesting. And you kind of go, you know, what the? Yeah. You don't understand why that is. And so we, we learned that the, the, the seat seat, the tassels themselves had great significance. They they were a visual representation that the entire nation was different. Mm. Um, it was the significance that they were an, an, a, um, a reminder to obey God's word. That was the blue, the blue wool woven into mm-hmm. the, the rest of the white linen. Um, and it was um, a reflection that they were a royal or noble uh, line of people, and um, and then collectively, even though they had the a priestly tribe, collectively they were a priestly nation amongst mm. the nations. Yeah. Could you read this and argue that God contradicts himself in this respect because he gives them one instruction and literally contradicts it with a, another instruction? Well, no, because there's a reason for it. It's like um, any kind of prohibition. You could say to your children, you're not allowed to do X, Y, Z, and then mum and dad might go and do it. But it could have to do with age or maturity or some particular reason that mum and dad are allowed to use a particular appliance or something. Mm. You know, there's, there are reasons for it. So it's not a contradiction. It's, there's, it's the purpose. Mm. What is the purpose of these um, prohibitions? It's not just an arbitrary thing. Uh, you, you kind of have to, you know, look at the environment that the Hebrews were in when God gave these prohibitions. He says in Deuteronomy 12, uh, 22, 11, he says, you shall not wear material mixed with wool and linen together. Um, and the Jewish Bible puts it this way, you are not to wear clothing woven with two kinds of thread, wool and linen together. And, and, and then, but if you're a priest, it's different. And if you've got tassels, it's different. And it all comes down to the purpose. But generally speaking, if you have to look at what the, the Hebrews were like at the time, you've got to remember they, they had just had 400 years of slavery in Egypt, a nation that was polytheistic, millions of gods, 
and um, statues, idols, and all the rest of it. And God was wanting his people to be very, very distinctly different. I mean, we say, you know, they left Egypt, but then God spent 40 years getting Egypt out Mm, of them. That's right. And there were lots of prohibitions. There was lots of very strange things, like why on earth would God have said, don't cut the forelocks of your hair for the guys? And you think he wanted them to look strange and have (laughs) weird hairdos? Not at all. That particular practice was part and parcel of the... um, the people of that time in some of the Canaanite place where they would grow those, uh, they would shave the, the front forelocks as part of their mourning ceremony, like uh, when I say mourning, the grieving ceremony when somebody died. It was part of a religious practice. Mm. So God said, uh-uh, you're not doing that. Um, now, that's why religious Jews today have these long curly forelocks. Uh, it's just because of that particular prohibition. Mm. Although if God was giving the law today, he probably wouldn't include that. He might include a whole lot of other things. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the reason why. What was the, the children of Israel, they come out of Egypt, um, uh, they cross over, they're waiting in the wilderness. Moses goes up the mountain, has this amazing encounter with God, gets the Ten Commandments, and he's up there for 40 days. And what's the first thing the people do? They rebel. They build a golden calf and they say, we don't know what's happened to Moses, but let's build a golden calf and we'll actually call it Yahweh because we know that Yahweh is powerful. We just saw what he did. He just delivered us. So he done all these miracles, but we're kind of not used to this invisible guy. So we'll make something that we're familiar with. We saw lots of idols when we were in Egypt. So that will be easy. It'll get our focus and we'll worship God that way. We'll call him Yahweh. And here's the thing. These people had to learn a totally different way. So God put these prohibitions in place for a reason. And it was really, really important because they were a priestly nation. Now then, while they're learning that they're a priestly nation, and they did, you remember Korah? Yep. Korah was the one who led the rebellion, and he says, he can read it in Numbers 16.3, Korah says, you know, you think you're pretty hot stuff, Moses, but we're all called to worship God and to minister before him. He, he recognized that the nation was priestly, mm. but he thought that also gave him the right to be a priest. Yeah, he overstepped his mark, didn't he? Massively, and it was only the... Aaron's family line that were allowed to be priests. Within the Levite priest, uh, priestly nation, uh, tribe, they were all to serve within the temple and serve the people, but only the family line of Aaron were allowed to be priests. Korah overstepped the bounds. You're right. But we've got to be really careful as well, okay, because one of the things that like they did in, in the uh, worshipping the golden calf is they thought that they could Judaize what was pagan. Mm. And taking on an authority, which is what Korah did, trying to take authority onto himself that he had no right to do. The the mixing of the wool and the linen was a physical demonstration of what the parameters were, but there were those who wanted to take it beyond what they were allowed. And it's kind of like this. We know that if, if it's, in, it's illegal to actually impersonate a police officer. The police officer and his badge gives him the right to make arrests, to go into your house without uh, permission if he needs to, even to shoot somebody and kill them if need be if that fulfills his requirement as a police officer. Mm. But you and I can't do that. And if we put on a badge that's not ours, we're in deep yogurt. Mm. We'll go to jail for that. Yeah. Well, it is the same. We we don't have the right to take on we – have, we are a priestly nation as Christians. We are a priestly people like the Jewish people, a priestly nation, to be a light to the Gentiles, but we are not the priest. 
And we've got to be really careful that we don't overstep the bounds with authority that we don't have. And at the same time, let's not mix what is sacred and profane, accepting what the world says or embracing bits of pagan this and pagan that and stick a Christian badge on it and a little Christian fish at the bottom and suddenly it suddenly becomes sacred? Mm. No. No, no. We don't have the right to do that. We are a distinctly different people. And we have the Spirit of God within us, and we have a righteous calling, as the Jews do. We are one people. It's funny, you know. You know, the Muslim community they recognise the people of the book as being the Jews and the Christians. The only people who don't recognise that the Jews and the Christians are one people are the Jews and the Christians. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which is, you know, Paul talked about the one new man. Yeah. He was talking about Jew and Gentile becoming one new man, mm. and we're the ones who don't get it. So we have this righteous calling, a priestly calling. But within that priestly calling, there are also boundaries and parameters that we're supposed to live within. And that is to be conformed to the word of God, not overstep the bounds, accepting or claiming um, authority and power that we don't have. That belongs to the priest. And we have a high priest, a great Mm. high priest, and he is also the head of this body. Uh, We don't direct the head. The head directs us. We have to be in submission to that. So, uh, you know, but Paul said, I think, I uh, forgive me, I think it was in Corinthians where he said that all the examples of what happened to the, the Hebrew people in the Old Covenant were there as an example for us to learn from. And we just think, oh, they just they just whinged and wailed about water and quail when they were in the desert and yeah. we've got to learn not to be whingers. No, there was so much that they that they had to live by according to and how they conducted themselves and it's all example for us to learn and and that's why there's the prohibition of mixing wool and linen for the general populace mm. but for the function of the priesthood and as a distinctly different people that's why it was actually required yeah i guess at the end of the day it's about submitting to the authority of the lord if if you yes. don't understand the command it doesn't mean you don't do it you do it anyway yes, even exactly. though you may not understand why Precisely. he's he's given that instruction yeah Well, hopefully that helps to explain why the Jews were instructed not to mix wool and linen. As always, there's more in the notes. You can check them out online at vision.org.au slash foundations. Well, on the next program, we're going to be looking at a new definition of the word weird. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.